0: Syracuse, and all of Central New York.
1: Your glory here among us, great is our hope. The Prodigal Son is probably one of the most unforgettable Lenten Gospels. We instantly love it or hate it. We may love it because this parable may sound so familiar in our own lives, or we hate it because as soon as we hear the words that a man had two sons, we know it makes us feel uneasy because there might be some sort of conflict. The interesting thing about today's parable is that it is such a believable down-to-earth story. The lost son, this parable is also known by, wants to leave home for independence from his family. He wants his chance in the world because he knows how to do things, his way, the right way, or at least he thinks so. This is a natural occurrence in growing up, and sometimes most of us might have experienced this through friends, relatives, or even ourselves. Jesus' parables are always a story that leads to a real base life. You just have to find it. In this one, Jesus relates the situation of the father with two sons, with one whom can't wait to for his inheritance. In Jewish society, there were laws dictating how the inheritance was to be divided. The oldest brother got a double share. The older brother in this situation would get two thirds of the estate and the younger brother would get one third. So the younger brother wants, as he says in the parable, the share of property that falls to me. That means he is asking for one-third of the father's estate that he would get at dad's death. Think about that. What would you do? How many fathers would receive that question well today? How many parents would give this son what he wants? In a society that highly revered parents, it would be an equivalent to saying, mom, dad, I can't wait for you to die. I want one-third of everything that is yours now. That means right now. But despite this insult, the Father grants it. That's the curveball which Jesus is throwing at us. This reflects the amazing understanding that God has for us. Even when we are acting as lost as the prodigal son, he indulges us with our own free will. Yet he yields what is his and allows us to misuse our, reuse it, excuse me, allows us to misuse it out of respect for the freedom he has given us. But God knows that the misuse of our freedom will give us no better results than it did to the prodigal son. And he trusts that we will learn our lesson and come back to him. The lost son's actions teach us the depths to which our own misuse of freedom freedom can bring us, and our best course of action is to return to a loving God and his forgiveness. Eventually, the lost son's resources are exhausted, and he fell on hard times. He was reduced to a state of hunger and recalled how his father treated even his hired help. He thus plans to return to his father and say three things: "Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am not worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants." The returning son must have been astonished before he can say the third part, before he can say to the treaty merely to be ser- treated to be merely treated as a servant. The father interrupts him, hugs him, and kisses him on his cheek, taking this situation to a different level. Instead of treating him as one of his servants, the father honors the lost son. The return from sin is something to be celebrated. So much so that Jesus in this parable adds some pretty heavy symbolism. The father places the robe on his son a fancy ring and sandals. The robe symbolizes dignity, honor, and total acceptance back into the family. The ring is always a symbol of union, covenant love and commitment. Just as marriage joins a man and a woman and they become one, sanctifying grace joins us to God and he becomes one in him. The sandals were a symbol of continued freedom as the roads and paths were difficult to travel at that time without sandals and the fear was that with them the slave or servant could run away only the members of the family wore sandals the prodigal son was given them because through his conversion he was no longer a slave to sin the father's forgiveness is filled with a paternal trust he respects his freedom and knows full well that he could leave home at any time. The father keeps his son, son's free will, alive. A fattened calf is prepared, not just for a feast. That means its blood was shed, which to the Jews meant atonement for sin. All this because, as said in the gospel, this is my son, my son was dead, and he has come to life again, and he was lost and has been found. This is Jesus' description of his father's reaction when we return from being lost to sin. He doesn't begrudge us for what we have done. Like the father in the parable, he takes us back joyously, eagerly, lovingly. In